You are Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, cuz, we live. We live. It's Locked On Hornets. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. You can go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get 20% off of your next order. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Local experts on the number one daily sports podcast network. You can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get your pods. And you can follow us on Twitter at Lockdown Hornets. I'm on Twitter at Walker Mail. Nada is on Twitter at Nada the Scribe. We have a new NBA champion. It's an old NBA champion. It's the LA Lakers getting their 17th title in organization history. And then you look at them tying the Boston Celtics after LeBron James was able to get that done along with Anthony Davis. He wins finals MVP. The season comes to an end after what was a wild 2020. We'll get to that later on in the show. But as promised on Friday, if you tweet some prospects at Nada, at Nada the Scribe, or myself, at Walker Mail, or at Lockdown Hornets, then we will start to talk about those prospects if, in case there was anybody that you wanted us to hit on. Maybe we decide to choose for our own one day, but um, you guys have a uh, avenue to send in whoever you want us to evaluate and talk about on the podcast. And Adam Richmond took advantage of that opportunity. We appreciate you listening to the show, Adam. And he tweeted at Lockdown Hornets. Hey guys, in the spirit of last night's pod and options at 32, have any, uh, do you have any thoughts on Killian Tilly? I know he's a health risk, but sounds like he's heavily discounted due to that. So might be a guy we slowly, uh, bring online. I don't know what he was saying here, but he says, if there's that much value, uh, what are basically your thoughts on Killian Tilly? So nada. Um, for me, when I look at Killian Tilly, just to answer this real quickly before we move on to the NBA finals, um, you know, looking at Killian Tilly, you look at the injury concerns that he brings. It's pretty, it's it's a lot <laughs> um when i'm i'm trying to pull up I, i'm trying to pull up his his list of injuries so he dealt with a knee surgery a torn yes. ligament in his foot a stress okay. fracture in his ankle numerous okay. sprained ankles a broken finger and a hip pointer that was all of the injuries that he suffered but i think he'd be a first round pick and maybe still could be a first round pick if people just completely discount him because of the injury history. It's a lot and it's a little concerning. You look at what he did in 2018, 2019, he only played 15 games due to injury. Mm. And then he started and played 24 games this past season in 2019 and 2020. He is an excellent shooter, man. I mean, he did not shoot under 40% one single season in college basketball. He's a senior, so he is older. He, You look at what he did. He shot on limited attempts his first three years, but he was about 45% three-point shooter, even closer to 46% three-point shooter his first three years. The volume increases a little bit, and it's still very good, but it does go down to 40. He was a career 44.4% shooter from beyond the arc. He's a career 75% free throw shooter. So he's not a great rebound. Yeah, it looks sustainable. He looks, uh, he's not the greatest rebounder. Only five rebounds per game in college. His uh, last season with Gonzaga, he had 5.9 his sophomore season where he started 35 of the 36 games that he played. His overall field goal percentage is very good at, at a career in college, 54.8, 53.5 his last season. And all of that was averaging 13.6 points per game. Hmm. Uh, just kind of looking at what he brings to the table. I think that he actually does have a pretty good handle, but he's not 
athletic. So when you see him kind of go ISO with people, there's a lot of post-ups. He does that. He does the big man thing. And I'll raise my uh, (laughs) hand high where um, this is what I did one-on-one just playing in the backyard where I would just dribble with my back towards the basket, pound it, pound it, pound it. And then all of a sudden I'm just too big. And uh, I give you a post move and like that, that's his, that's his way to get to the basket. And it's not going to work like that in the NBA. Um, because how many five seconds? Because again, they got that Mark Jackson rule. Now you can't do that anymore. <laughs> yeah. So, um, you know that, but also he is skilled. He's got good handles, okay. just zero athleticism. I do think he's a pretty good passer. I think he's a smart defender. I don't think the lateral foot speed is there, but I do think his IQ really puts him in the right place at the right time, which I do think is valuable. Um, like I said, he's an elite shooter. And, uh, you know, if, if you were to select him with the 32nd overall pick, I'd be just fine with that. I, I think I'd be I think I'd be OK if Killian Tilly was the guy you selected and you take a risk with those injuries that he suffered, especially if you don't go big man in the first round, then I'd be fine with Killian Tilly at 32. I am. Here's the thing. There are just so many different ways I look at this 32 this 32nd pick because again i am of the mind that bigs are very very important well not bigs bigs play a nice supplemental role see what again anthony davis see what dwight howard did see what javel mcgee somewhat did at the same time the thing that scares me the most quite honestly is those injuries are bad 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 and I, he's the type of guy that if you draft at 32 like Again, with the Hornets draft history, are we sure that he makes it through an entire season? Or are we going to be in year four doing something similar to what we did with Malik Monk and started start just start saying, hey, um, about this guy, um, he still has potential and he's 26, 27 and we're still waiting for him to play 50 games. Like, yeah, I. Yeah, I think a second round pick, though, is the kind of pick that you use to select one of those guys. Maybe 32 might be a little high. Maybe that's yeah. more 55. But with the kind of skill that Killian Tilly brings you, you know, we've talked about wanting to hit the home run and drafting purely off potential, um, even if there are huge red flags. And we talked about that in the first round and how I wanted to take the home run. I've been one that's been wanting to take the home run the last couple of NBA drafts. And this one has me so scared where I kind of want to take more of the sure thing. And it's why I'm so high on a Devin Vassell. But when you talk about maybe the second round pick, maybe that's the time that you actually swing for the fences. Maybe in your first round, you take a little bit of a safer pick. And then in the second round, you swing for the fences a little bit more and maybe hit on something because and because I think that would just be, you know, something you could do with the 32nd overall pick. And what's interesting about Tilly is we haven't talked about the shooting big man, a guy that does have clearly have an ability to shoot from beyond the arc. We've talked about it a little bit with Wiseman maybe possessing that ability, yeah. but clearly not nearly as gifted shooting the basketball beyond the arc is what Killian Tilly is. And I, I wonder if having just a different type of player, because the Hornets don't have that on the That's roster. True. Yes. And you have Cody Zeller, who's never been able to 
you know, bring a three point shot to his game. You know, Bismack Biombo certainly not doing it. Billy Hernan Gomez, we toyed with that for a little bit. He actually has a little bit of a shot, but he's not he's going to stay. He's skilled, but he's slow. He's skilled, but he's slow. Billy Hernan Gomez is what he is. He's skilled, but he's slow. Yeah, so it's not like Billy is going to be, you know, that guy that you're relying on a lot. I, I just wonder if Killian is a smart enough defender to make it in the NBA and be a little bit of an anchor, not anybody that I'm too comfortable with switching on the perimeter um, mm-hmm. just because I don't believe in his foot speed, but I do believe that he's going to be in the right spot and you expect him to be at least a 38 per, uh, a 38% three-point shooter, which is something different on the roster, which it entices me. Not a, that that does entice me despite all the injuries that he's had. Um, that is something I'd be, I'd be cool with uh, taking a chance on at 32. Like the big thing about a guy like Killian Tilly is he, and this is like the highest compliment. He's one of those guys that you see like established teams that that can take risks, take him in the late first. He seems like a Spurs player. He seems like a Celt- a guy the Celtics would draft with one of their multiple, multiple, multiple first round picks at the end of this draft. I, I like there's a lot of this that makes sense for other teams more than it does us, but 32. Especially because, again, here's the question I would have for someone like you who's kind of high on Isaiah Joe being there at 32. Are you going Joe over Killian Tilly or are you drafting Killian Tilly over Isaiah Joe? Like, what is your ranking in terms of 32 if player X is there? Like, what is your big board for 32? So of the guys that we've talked about a little bit, and we'll continue to name more prospects as we go on, but of the guys we've talked about, um, Isaiah Joe would be my first pick uh, mm-hmm. of all of the players that we've selected or Agreed. that we've at least discussed. I think second would be, you know, I know we talked a little bit about a Xavier Tillman from Michigan state when Sam Bassini mentioned him. Yes. I like his game. Um, I think I'd probably have him ahead and then Tilly would be there. And those are all guys that I like in the second round. We talked about Elijah Hughes. I'm just out on him. I, I just, yeah. you know, like 50, 55 is kind of a crap shoot anyway. So like, who cares, but you know who you take there, um, depending on who drops and whatever, but I just don't see myself wanting to pull the trigger on an Elijah Hughes, but yeah, like Isaiah Joe is someone I'm taking ahead um, of, of really anybody that we've talked about so far. Um, but yeah, Killian Tilly is someone that I, I just think, I think he can be a passable defender because he's a smart guy that does seem to be in the right spot. Um, I think he does have an ability to protect the rim. He'll be the defensive anchor more so than he is. You know, I think he can hold his own a little bit on the perimeter, even though I'm a little scared of that. But the shooting, it's it's impressive. And I think he's a smart basketball player that makes the right pass. Um, I, I think that he can handle it. I don't think that he's going to be a turnover machine. I just don't want him driving to the basket. I, I think he can, but it's it's not great. He's just not athletic. Like he's just yeah. just not going to be able to run very well. That's just not what he is, but he is a very skilled basketball player. And I think that's the kind of thing that entices you. If you are a fan of one Killian Tilly. Yeah, no, but I'm just quite honestly at this point, like when we start talking about improving talent, improving skill, he's the kind of guy, but for me, I'm kind of with you. I'm Isaiah Joe first. And then you're again, Xavier Tillman, like, I kind of worry about the skill. Like I said, there's a lot of this. I do worry about the health of him. And again, even at 32, is it a risk? Yes. Is it a risk that I'm taking? Not if other guys that I know can be healthy. Daniel Oturu is another guy that I, I kind of like, and he's got that athleticism and he's got the size and you just have to teach him the skill. And with 
And I think that's where I think I'm more apt to go for at least 32. The guy that's not that skilled, but you can teach him because I trust Nick Friedman in Greensboro right now. And I think Aturu, like if we're talking about bigs, it might be Tillman, Aturu, and then Killian Tilly, only because I just don't trust the health of Killian Tilly right now. All right, we'll uh, move on, talk a little bit about the NBA Finals coming up. But first, I want to talk to you guys about Roman. And I understand it can be awkward or embarrassing to talk about erectile dysfunction. Usually, we brush it off or blame ourselves and give you some kind of excuse. But Roman is here to give you the advice you want and the help that you need with absolutely no shame. With Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED, all from the comfort and privacy of your own home. A healthcare professional will work with you to find the best treatment plan. And if medication is appropriate, Roman will ship you real medicine with free two-day shipping. The whole process is straightforward, it's simple, and it's discreet because we know you value your privacy. Getting started is simple. Just go to GetRoman.com slash locked on, and you can complete it with an online visit. Erectile dysfunction, it used to be tough to talk about, but now there's Roman, and you can complete an online visit today to connect with the doctor and take care of it. Just go to GetRoman.com slash locked on to get up to $50 off your first month of ED treatment, a free online visit, and free two day shipping. That's GetRoman.com slash locked on for up to $50 off your first month of ED treatment. GetRoman.com again slash locked on. That's all one word, no spaces. GetRoman.com slash locked on. The Lakers are the champs. LeBron James gets his third finals MVP, his fourth overall. It's, uh, it's, it's uh, another finals MVP with his third different organization. We'll talk about that next on the Lockdown Hornets podcast. This is Locked On Hornets. Then I clicked on M. Thomas. I'm like, who in the hell is M. Thomas? Matt Thomas is his name. Oh, NBA legend, Matty Thomas. Matt Thomas. I'm pretty sure Matt Thomas served me at an Applebee's the other day. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. Not a what a crazy way for the season to end. We gave our eulogy a little bit on Friday because yes. of the way it had a shot of ending certainly over the weekend and it did. But even that night on Friday, one, just before we get to the game six, how fun was that game five that we got between the Heat and the Lakers and that specific player duel between LeBron James and Jimmy Butler where Jimmy ends up winning the player duel despite LeBron James putting up a 40 point triple double. I, I can't tell you how much I fell more in love with Jimmy oh, Butler this season. Oh no. And I, I'm not the only oh no. one. I just, what an impressive performer. Are you saying that he wasn't great this bubble? Like, why are you a hater? No, no, no. Here, here's the thing. I hate him because again, of all the times that he decides, you know what? I'm going to show up and I'm going to hit threes. I'm going to do all this stuff. And I'm going to prove that I'm a top 10 player. And you know what? Again, I had Lakers in five, Walker. I, I had Lakers in five for a reason. And then Jimmy wants to show up at the last hour, like somebody that's doing a group project and say, you know what? I'm going to hand all this in. And then, you know, if you're going to do that, Jimmy, if you're going to be that great, do it for one more game. Give me at least, again, that way it's at least Lakers in seven. And we still have content to talk about. And then, you know what? I would have been wrong, but, you know, it would have been a really good reason to be wrong because we got a great seven-game series. But, no, Jimmy gave us nothing. You know why? Because he was tired. Now, I understand he was tired, but you should have been tired in game five, Jimmy. Thanks a lot. Now I look like a dumbass. 
Yeah, I don't think you do. I think that you have been way too invested in this prediction. Yes, I, I don't have. know why you've been wanting to pat yourself on the back and now you're angry and now you feel defeated in a way that I don't think you should. I but do. the Lakers do end up winning in six games. And Jimmy Butler was amazing to extend that in game five. But eventually LeBron would win uh, the finals MVP. The Lakers really control this game from the get go. Uh, that score was like 106 93 was not indicative of how far apart both of these teams were. The Miami Heat struggled mightily in this one. Lakers controlled it from the get-go. Goran Dragic tried to give us a Willis-Reed game, but it just wasn't enough as the Lakers would control this one. Um, What did you make of the kind of season that the Lakers had, and what did you make of the NBA Finals overall? Um... I just, again, the the Lakers proved that small ball does have its limitations at certain points. Like, the best thing about what the Heat were doing were they would just junk it up defensively, throw zone at you, take away what you did best, and then at the same time make all your bad shooters shoot a lot of threes. They couldn't do that against the Lakers because they couldn't keep LeBron out of the paint. Uh, Anthony Davis unlocking the mid range and making them make decisions. Like they took, again, the Lakers took away the best weapon that the Heat had, which was their defense. And it was kind of awesome to see what they would do. And quite honestly, they showed you. And for everyone that always says that the regular season in the NBA doesn't matter. I want to amend that. The, Laker, the regular season does matter because the because the Lakers, for the better part of a while, just chose to use it as a testing ground to test out all their defenses. We saw Toronto do this last year, but in in the way, those experiments ended up benefiting both teams on their way to championships and showing you that, hey, these things matter. Defense matters. Showing up every day in the regular season matters. And the fact that that happened, I mean, look, I'm glad the Lakers won because, again, the regular season does matter no matter how much anyone else tries to tell you any differently. Um, Yeah, the Lakers, you know, they they put Alex Caruso in the starting lineup and Dwight Howard comes in and plays one minute at the end of this game. So virtually a DNP CD, mm-hmm. uh, by the way, how about Dwight Howard hitting a long three to actually get on the board in game six <laughs> during yes. a, a Lakers championship. That's just hilarious to me that he pulled that from that distance and it actually drained it. That's you not being talked well. about enough. Um, yeah, it was hilarious, but yeah. So the Lakers, they go centerless in this game against the heat and they get out to a 28 to 20 lead. And then it was the second quarter where really, uh, the Lakers separated themselves. Lakers outscoring the Heat 36 to 16 in that quarter. And then eventually, you know, we see them have 30 point leads at a couple of different moments in this game. Look, you know, to, to see LeBron James get his fourth title, to see Anthony Davis get the first one, um, you know, Frank Vogel was really happy. Like, uh, I mean, getting his first title, it's just kind of crazy that we ended up here. And then you look at, the journey for the Lakers, you got to avoid the Clippers, you avoided the Milwaukee Bucks. And I don't know if those teams would have actually beaten the Lakers, but certainly seemed like if you had to choose what the easiest road was for the Lakers, it would look a lot like what they just went on, right? Like, especially with the Nuggets being there instead of the Clippers, instead of 
maybe Boston or Milwaukee. I think certainly with the heat being good, like, you know, hell I picked the heat in seven games. So clearly I thought they were a formidable opponent, but not without Goran Dragic, not with a banged up bam who missed a couple of games and not even with a uh, banged up Jimmy at the beginning of all of this still LeBron James looks damn scary at the age of 35 and yep. going to be in is a couple of months away from 36. And you have to wonder, you know, what is the future of LeBron James? Does he have two, three more years left in him? And at the end of those two, three years, are we just constantly putting that kind of timeline at the end of every single season? Cause he doesn't show any sign of slowing down. Look at this point, there is a lot of this that that is very murky because for a team that was as good defensively as they were, there was never a third guy. The third guy was a committee. Last night, it was Rondo that showed up. The night before that, it was KCP. Danny Green made cameos here and there. Alex Caruso was pretty good. Remember, they did this without Avery Bradley, who they signed to a two-year deal. A lot of this is going to be... So when we start talking about the Lakers and can they win another title next year, this, that, and the third... I want to see who that third guy is going to be because the third guy that they had got them through this one. I'm not sure it's getting them through another one, even though betting against LeBron James seems to be a fool's errand. I will do that because I am that fool sometimes. (laughs) Well, I mean, I was at the beginning of this. Yes, exactly. And like, I thought this was Giannis's time to shine. I, but I had the Lakers in the finals. I felt good about that. And now I just, there's a lot of this, that there's a lot of this that I think we have to see the paradigm shift. And I keep harping on the CBA and what it's going to look like next year. But I, again, as far as this Laker team goes, like LeBron is the greatest player I've seen with a critical eye in my generation. And I say that with, because there's a difference for me. This is why I don't want to do the comparison between Jordan and LeBron. But ever since I started watching this game with a critical eye, LeBron's the best I've ever seen. Jordan is the person that's just untouchable because, again, Jordan brings back the memories of my childhood that, again, he can't erase. He ruined so many summers of mine as a Knicks fan. <laughs> At the same time, LeBron is great in his own right. I wish... At the end of the day, we could separate the two. You know. Um. Real quickly, do you think there's any chance Anthony Davis leaves the Lakers? <laughs> that was okay. funny, Walker. Thank you for that. Uh, I'll talk about Built Bar before we end today's show. Built Bar is the best tasting energy bar out there. They have plenty of flavors like caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, and apple almond crisp. Built Bar is great for the health conscious guy. You can lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat and their bars are low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, and great for the keto diet. Best of all, you can get a free cooler with your purchase at BuiltBar.com. So you can go to BuiltBar.com, use promo code Locked on, and you'll get $10 off your next order. That's again, promo code locked on for $10 off at builtbar.com. One more segment to go before we end today's show on the Locked On Hornets podcast. This is Locked On Hornets. But what he showed in Summer League, comma, a Euro step into a windmill during a game, end of comma, oh, could yeah. put him on the radar of a radar, <laughs> a radar. Me, of all NBA. Yeah, on the radar. On the radar of <laughs> all NBA fans as a nightly highlight producer. Yeah, you're Charlotte, you're Charlotte coming out there. Yeah, I'm from I'm from uh, Catawba County. Get so, them on the Raider. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. 
So not, I got an email from one Adam Silver himself today to, to thank us, to thank all the media members for supporting the show. He even put my name in there. He signed it. I feel honored to have Adam Silver directly reached out to me and it not being not be some automated message that I'm sure somebody else typed up for him. I feel very uh, personable with Adam Silver now because of this email. He did send me an email about thanking me for the support, thanking most media members for the support. And he said this about next season, quote, our goal for next season is to have fans back in our arenas, but health and safety will remain our top priority. While we finalize our plans, we encourage you to stay connected during the offseason by following the league and its teams and players on social media. Thank you again for your incredible support throughout the year. Sincerely, Adam Silver, NBA Commissioner. So we talk about he talks about the next season, Nada, and that's their goal is to fill the arenas back with some fans in a safe and uh, healthy manner. Who knows where we're going to be in the next couple of months? It's not going to be too long before we actually get this NBA season back, though, because the NBA draft that's going to be taking place on November 18th. We can expect maybe training camp to happen in, I don't know, two and a half months, something like that. I saw Keith Smith come out with that kind of projected timeline, which makes sense to me. What do you think about next season, Nada, and what it might look like? There are certain people like Matt Moore who occasionally record, I believe, does Locked On Nuggets, and he seems to think it's March. I'm hoping it's MLK Day. I don't think that anything longer than that. I again, their goal of wanting to talk to have fans in the arena, I think, is a fool's errand right now because we don't have a vaccine, and I don't think anything doing anything indoors is going to happen until we see a vaccine. I, I like personally, I I hope that we get to the point where we can see something in MLK Day. But I would not be surprised if they push this all the way back to March and screw up two calendars instead of one. It doesn't seem like we're going to get another bubble, though. Like, no. right? Like, I think we no. were kind of talking about the possibility of having yet another bubble, but it doesn't seem like that's going to happen. Um, even with it being so successful, you're talking about. I think these teams flying to the arenas and playing each other in their home arenas. I don't know about the fans that might be allowed or whether they are allowed or not, but it just, it just seems like that, that bubble thing kind of dwindled down after we were toying with that idea. And, you know, even to ask those players to do that again, you know, to talk, I mean, that doesn't seem like that's going to happen. But the fans, you know, not like, I wonder if, can you do that in indoor stadiums? Where even when you're talking about these NFL stadiums, I mean, they're so spread out and they're much bigger than basketball arenas. I just I don't know how many fans that you would feasibly really be able to allow, especially in indoor courts rather than it being outdoors, which has, you know, been proven um, by scientists to, that you know, contracting the coronavirus is, you know, it, it's there's less of a chance of it happening on outdoors. And so, yeah, exactly. you know, it'll be interesting to see. Now, it's one of those things that'll be really interesting to see. I just wonder at some, at what point is it you're chasing something that's not going to be there. It, just from a standpoint of, again, I can just take it locally. Again, we saw two weeks ago the at the Carolina Panthers game, that was outdoors. Again, they did not fill up their allotment at all. In fact, there were a couple hundred people that decided, you know what, I'm not going to go. So I'm not sure fans are going to be willing to go back, especially indoors, without a vaccine. I think 
people are overstating the we need fans back in the arenas thing. And I think we need to start really thinking about how, and this is something the NBA is probably thinking about as we speak, but how necessarily are we going to get fans to enjoy the fan experience, but at the same time do it at home? There's going to have to be another way. Maybe it is fixing league pass. There's a whole bunch of ideas that probably work, but for right now, fans in the arena, that's not going to happen. That's, again, I, I think people are overstating that and relying too, too much on it, despite the fact that it's 40% of the income. You're going right. to have to find a way to cut that down. All right, that wraps up this edition of Lockdown Hornets. Thanks again to Bill Barr for supporting the show. Now tell your smart device to play the most recent episode of Lockdown NBA, really any show on the Lockdown Podcast Network. Have a great day. We'll be back with you tomorrow.